I am the Emo Essien. And now you're tuned in to the ODU Monarchy Show. I'm Aaron. And I'm Mike. And you're listening to the Monarchist Basketball Show. Coach Jeff Jones, star of the show, he's here, as he always is, because otherwise it wouldn't be the Monarchist Basketball Show. Good to see you, Coach. Good to see you guys. Great to talk with you again. Obviously, this week we got two home games. And tomorrow we start with Princeton at 4 o'clock at Charway Arena. What can you tell us about this Princeton team? Because everything I hear about them is it's going to be a very tough game. Um, they are very good. They could be, and, and, and clearly they're not as talented as, as, say, Arkansas is. They they could be the best team right now, right? Arkansas has the high ceiling and all that. But Princeton, they don't beat themselves. They're really smart. They play together. They shoot the three. You know, defensively, they're just real solid. You know, they'll play eight guys, but pretty much it's, you know, five guys that, that get it done. They're very versatile. You know, they're not running the Princeton offense, but it's a, you know, five-man-out kind of motion. They they make you guard a lot of different things, present a lot of problems. They're 4-0 right now. Mitch Henderson, their coach, does a heck of a job. He actually, he played at Princeton for, for Pete Carrill back back in the day. And obviously they had a terrific year last year, ending up in the Sweet 16. They lost some key players. But, you know, with this group, they've bounced back and, you know, they they beat Rutgers. They beat Duquesne at Duquesne. They beat Hofstra and then they beat Monmouth. Of those teams, you know, Monmouth's not great, but Duquesne and Hofstra are, are you know, two teams that are picked to do well in their respective conferences. So it's going to be, you know, a great test uh, and, a, and a big opportunity for us. I, I think our guys are just excited to, to get to play and to go out and compete against another really good team. All right, so there's a lot of young guys on the squad, and you know, with that can come you know, some inconsistency and sometimes with practices. How has this week practices gone for y'all? You know, it wasn't perfect, but uh, overall I think pretty good. You know, after traveling all day Tuesday, we came back on Wednesday, and you know, practice was okay, and we were you know, working on some things, working on ourselves. You know, thir- Thursday again was was okay. It had some good moments. Friday was awful. I mean, it was a really bad practice, and you know, I tried to communicate to the guys. Uh, you know, I just don't understand. You know, not coming in locked in. You know, ready to go. And then they responded. And Saturday was one of our our best practices that you guys were there. It was, it was one of our bre- best practices overall. You know, this year. And then. Today's practice was outstanding. One, one we termed not long but strong. So, you know, day before a game, we want to go hard, but we don't want to, you know, we don't want to wear them out and do too much. You know, we'll, if we can be locked in like that, you know, for practices, you know, we'll definitely get better. And if we're locked in like that for games, you know, we'll certainly have a chance to uh, be competitive in, in pretty much anything, any game that we play. All right, so you mentioned it, the Saturday practice. Obviously, Frank Cassell and Ben Stanley, two ODU alums, came back to play on the scout team. As fans, it was really cool to watch Danny and Dorico go up head-to-head with Frank, and they won some of their fair battles in that, and it was cool to see them uh, be tested by a veteran like Frank. Yeah, there's a, um, an NCAA rule that allows you know a, a former player to come back, and I think the word is occasional. And, you know, Frank had just gotten back from, from overseas and is kind of in between. And, 
since you saw him on, on Saturday, he signed a contract to go back to uh, oh God. Uruguay. Ur- Uruguay. I was going to say Paraguay, but I think it's Uruguay. Who, and by the way, he played back there, there last year, and Malik Curry, our former point guard, is in, in Uruguay doing really well right right now so frank's going to be going back there right after thanksgiving so you know he came in and as you all said he was a physical presence and you know it it was good to to go up against him and ben is just trying to get some runs in and he's you know rehabbing that knee and you know he's you know asked me if he could come back and and practice and he i think those were his what second or third practices that, that he that he's come out there with us so you know gives our guys some older more physically mature guys to to play against. And, you know, we did have a, a really spirited practice on Saturday. So a follow-up, how long has that rule been in place? And how long have you been welcoming all alums back to campus? For well, practice? it's been forever. I mean, I can remember being at American University and John Crotty uh, was in town. He was in between NBA gigs and he came and, and practiced with our, our, our guys for a day or two. It's really rare. I mean, it's not anything where we reach out you know frank actually asked if he you know he could come in and you know work out because he is you know he's in between the jobs uh you know just got back and getting ready to go and he wanted to stay in shape and ben re- made the request because he is rehabbing that knee and he's working really hard but he hadn't had an opportunity to to get out there on the court so it's not something that we would be you know doing on a regular basis you know, we can help them out and it, it you know, it can be beneficial uh, for us as well. Yeah, it was great, great talking with Frank. The same smile and infectious attitude was out there. I love seeing him, you know, you know, gas up the guys when someone made a good play. You know, a couple times he, he seemed really surprised and someone making something. You can see his face just kind of light up and, and make some positive encouragement there. And I know that means a lot to the guys because, you know, they've seen his success and what he's done. Mike and I are pretty excited because Frank is going to come on the podcast at some point once he gets settled in in, in Uruguay. So, as awesome. Hopefully, we you know when he's back in the states, we see him from time to time around the TED. It's always fun when he's back. You, I mean, usually it's during the the summer months, and he'll come in and you know work out with uh, Chris Kavinsky. But you know, just a, a terrific human being. Obviously, he's, he's you know had a, a very good career here at, at Old Dominion as, as a player and. He's parlayed that into a very successful professional career. But, you know, somebody that, you know, hadn't had a chance to meet him until after he had left Old Dominion, you know, I just, he's just a, as I said, he's a terrific person, fun to be around, you know, got a big smile and always got a, you know, a kind, positive word for everybody, you know, including these young guys that he, you know, he he doesn't know from Adam, but, you know, they're at his school and, and he wants to see them do well. And then he, you know, he's trying to, you know, help those that, that have come after him. All right. So you touched on it on Princeton's offense and I'm interested in how tough it is when you go against a team like Ball State and then Arkansas and then now Princeton, who are all doing very different things. How does that impact? how You, it, you know, it's great. It's fun in a lot of ways, but it's a great learning opportunity. So, you know, guys, uh, you know, guys that are on the, the scout team, whether, you know, whether a former player is playing or it's just the current guys on the team, you know, they're learning, you know, every three or four days kind of, you know, new ways to play, new offenses, and they're learning how to learn. And then for our, 
the guys that are in the regular rotation, you know, this gives them a, a, a look, you know, a taste of what the opponent is going to be doing. And, you know, it might not always be, you know, exactly the way, but, you know, you're probably guarding guys that might not be as big or as athletic. Sometimes, you know, our white team, which is what we call the scout team, actually executes stuff better than the, the opponent does. And, you know, each of the assistants, you know, they all kind of break down, you know, the different, different guys have different scouts. And so that gives them a chance to organize that scout team and, and coach them. It's great experience for them. And uh, like I said, you know, those our white team, by and large, you know, does a, a, a terrific job. I think they're just coming into their own this year. You know, there's some, you know, you got Yamari, you got Jalen, uh, who else? You know, Jay Wade, Leroy, you know, you got a, a lot of those guys that are younger guys. And they're Cooper Jones is like night and day from last year. You know, he's physically stronger, but, you know, he went the whole month of October, I think, in practice and didn't miss a shot. He really creates some problems from an offensive standpoint. But, you know, getting a good look for Princeton and, you know, trying to recreate the Arkansas stuff. And again, it's not the actual athleticism, but you get the movements in the particular basketball, the offensive actions so that we can, you know, anticipate and, and be prepared when we go live in game action. Yeah, speaking of Cooper, he hit a couple of big threes right in front of us on Saturday during practice. You know, Mike and I are like, okay, that's good to see. It's always so much, it's always so much fun to see the guys you know, grow that way. And, you know, you, you want to see, you know, freshmen that, that are playing, you know, you watching last year, watching Bryce Baker, you know, throughout the course of the year and coming this year, but even a guy like Coop that didn't, you know, didn't play hardly any minutes uh, at all in, in games last year, just through practice, you know, practice and, and lifting weights. And like I say, it's night and day. I mean, he's taking a big step up. I would guess Billy Barnes, who was his coach at Waltzingham Academy, Billy was a very good player at William & Mary. When I was at UVA playing, we played head-to-head against one another. Billy was his coach, and I bet if Billy saw him now in one of our practices, you know, he'd shake his head and say, wow, you know, he's Coop's gotten better. All right, Coach, so I know you take things one, one game at a time, but at a very high level, you got Drexel on Sunday, probably have the best player in the CAA on that squad. Can you let Monarch Nation just you know know a little bit of what they're expecting when they come out Sunday, that team? You know, they're a veteran team. They've got Amir Williams, who's a 6'10", 6'11", postman. You know, he does a great job and, you know, forces, they utilize him in a way that forces, you know, their, their opponents, us, to, you know, to take him into account. And then when you do by doubling or helping, you know, then the other guys compliment him very well. They will run a lot of Princeton-type actions off- offensively. Last year, I don't know if it was our first game, it was one of our first games, you know, we went up there and, you know, they just were physically tougher than us. And we lost a, a game that, you know, came down to the end, but they just, you know, they were the tougher team. And that was, you know, a, a good measure for us to know that we, you know, if we were going to have any success we need to we needed to you know fight a little bit harder, be a little bit more physically competitive. It was also probably the most poorly officiated game that we had all of of last year, and I haven't forgotten that. But you know that that'll be a tough one too. But as you said, we got to devote our attention to Princeton first. 
right. So one thing I picked up at practice is you had a bunch of plays named after other schools. Are those all plays that you picked up while watching those teams or those names just kind of random? No, they're pretty much, you know, they're pretty much authentic. It's something that over the years, and I'm trying to think, you know, Vandy, that that's an action, you know, it's, that they didn't Van, Vanderbilt didn't run that play, but it's an action with a, a back screen ball screen that that will run. Gosh, I'm trying to think. What other play do you? I heard, I heard Lehigh. Lehigh, Lehigh point. is uh, an out of bounds play that we run. That was what when we were at American University and had to defend C.J. McCollum. They they put C.J. in the spot where we put Dauncey, and and we had to have special rules because. You know, nobody in in the Patriot League could you know could guard him straight up. So, uh, yeah. So we took that you know from from Lehigh when C.J. McCollum was there. So, coach, last week when we talked, you gave us an update on Sam and Emo with the shoulder. I know that we saw a couple of things come out today with regards to the health of the team. Can you let Monarch Nation kind of know what the latest and greatest is? Sure. He, he, I tell you what, Emo's been great. You know, Emo. Had been playing really well, and then for whatever reason, he just tailed off a little bit. But he's bounced back the last three or four days and has been outstanding. So he, he's got no physical ailments. You know, Sam, we did uh, announce today, he's going to be having uh, season-ending knee surgery coming up here soon. You know, he had the surgery in the summer, rehabbed, came back, and, you know, immediately re-injured the knee. So we're just going to go ahead and pull the plug and, you know, have him get to the surgery to, to work on his kneecap actually, which will be a, a long, you know, re, rehab process. So, so he's out. The other one that, you know, was a, a little bit scary, but, or at least it sounds scarier than maybe it is, you know, Ty yesterday was uncomfortable. He had a, what he felt like was a, you know, a rapid heartbeat and he went to student health and then they, you know, they sent him to the emergency room and Ty and, and Jordan were both there pretty much all afternoon and into the evening. They, you know, they were able to kind of settle him down a little bit. He ended up spending the, uh, in the hospital and, uh, you know, it, it was a, I'm going to say a heart issue, um, but uh, he, he was released today. The heart rate w- uh, you know, went back to what it was supposed to be. And, uh, you know, what I've been told is, uh, you know, he's kind of good to go. It's day to day. We're he's not going to play against Princeton t- tomorrow. It's just to me that just seems that just seems fast. So we'll you know just observe and keep an eye on him. And uh, again, as Jason Mitchell was told, you know his return will be day to day, and you know we'll see what that means beyond you know beyond tomorrow. All right. So I think it was last week or the week before you talked about the zone and how it needed work. How is that coming along? You know, I think our 3-2 zone is, you know, has looked, you know, pretty solid. When our guys are, you know, really active and locked in, you know, I, I think we can we can go to that. Uh, part of it is personnel. There's a lineup, and, and it's basically comprised of veteran players. You know, if we've got Emo, Chauncey, Bryce, Dorico, and either RJ or, or Wade, out there, I feel a lot more confident in it than I do with some of the younger perimeter guys that that just haven't gotten the, the knack with it. So chances are, if we go to go to that, 
you know, it'll be with probably that, you know, that lineup or, or very similar to that. Our 13 to 3, which is kind of a 1 3 1 that uh, falls into a 3 2 when the ball goes to the baseline. You know, that's something we've been able to use effectively for the last probably, gosh, since the 2018 season. So, what's that, five, five years or so? It's been a really good change up for us. We're still figuring that one out. That one has taken a couple guys, you know, longer uh, to, to, to really get a feel for it. We'll continue working on it, but it's probably more down, down the road, you know, to be able to use something like that, unless we just kind of throw it out there for one possession and see what happens. And, you know, if a team's not prepared for it, you know, maybe we can throw them off a little bit. We did go to the zone one possession, one possession against Arkansas. And we talked about it because, you know, they're a team that really likes to shoot the three. They shoot it well. And we talked it and, and I said, yeah, let's just do it. We're going we're, we're gonna to do it one time. You know, let's make sure we, you know, take, you know, we, we get our coverage. We're disciplined and, you know, get out to shooters. You know, and, and the personnel part is they kind of made a little bit of penetration, but they held Leo in there and they skipped it to his corner, uh, Leroy in there and they skipped it to his corner and he couldn't get out there. So we got out of that one really quick in, in the Arkansas game. All right. So on Saturday, we saw Dorico battling, you know, Big smile on his face, you know, a couple you know, 10, 15 foot jump shots. Uh, obviously, he wasn't with you guys on the road trip uh, last week. Uh, kind of, can you update us on kind of what the, what his status is right now? He's back. You know, we came back from the came back from the road trip, and you know, I had outlined for for Rico what his path would would need to be if he was were to rejoin the team and. You know, he was remorseful and, you know, knew that he had made a mistake and, and wanted to, you know, make sure that, that his teammates understood that, you know, that he under, that, that that he got the fact that he, you know, he'd messed up a little bit. And, you know, the big thing is that, you know, he's come back and, you know, he hasn't, you know, he's not back in the starting lineup. You know, he'll still have to work his way back there. You know, that's Danny's spot for now. But, you know, Rico's been great since he came back and, you know, he's working hard. And has been real positive and encouraging and, you know, has made it known to everybody that he, you know, he really does value and want to be, you know, back on the team and, and doing all the right things. I had an interesting conversation with Kieran about uh, Dorico and his set shot. Kieran is a fan of his set shot and thinks he can shoot threes, but he also said Dorico refuses to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> he, I, I think, you know, his thing is, A, he's much uh much more comfortable, right, at 15 or 16 feet. And it's not really a set shot. I mean, he's not, you know, it, it, maybe it's not a jump shot, but it's not a set shot. It's a hop shot, maybe. But, you know, he's worked on it, and, you know, he's got a really nice mid-range uh, shot. He can stretch it out to three. I, I don't think he's worked on it as much, and I don't think that he has as much confidence in the three, but... We've been, you know, in certain situations, we've been really encouraging him to shoot that on a ball screen situation with a short roll, which is a roll not all the way to the basket. You know, a pick and pop into a soft area on the on the baseline. You know, I think that can be a real, you know, a, a real help for us. We are looking at some situations. Let's say, for instance, you know, in a late game situation, you know, and, and you're coming down, you know, full court. We've talked about 
putting Rico out there in the right or the left baseline, you know, 16 feet. If, if you need a three, it, it, could, it could be a three-pointer. You know, what's the big guy going to do? You know, you got Chauncey Jenkins coming at you full speed. Is he going to be in there to try to protect the rim, or is he going to be out? I, more often than not, I think, you know, he's he's probably going to be in and try to get, you know, down there and try to help on Chauncey, which means that, you know, in, in that soft area in there, you know, Rico can, you know, can catch and have time and space uh, down there to shoot it. So, you know, those are things that we'll continue working on through the course of, of the year. But, you know, he's, he, meaning Rico, has worked really hard at developing that. I don't think he had it. He certainly didn't have it to the degree he does now when he came to us. But he's worked really hard, and, you know, we want to take advantage of that. I think that's something that, you know, could be a, a positive. There was one specific play that I know Mike and I saw where Dorico passed up a shot, one that you're talking about, you know, in uh, on one of the baselines, and you stopped everything. And you told Dorico, he's like, I want you to shoot that. And you ran it again, and he shot it without hesitation, and it was beautiful. And he, he lit up. His face lit up. So I can totally see that, and hopefully we'll see more of it. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's something sometimes, you know, you, you've got to, you know, players get in their mind, you know, I should shoot that. I shouldn't shoot that or whatever. And I think they've got to know, you know, from me, from, you know, the team, you know, that's a good shot for you. You've worked hard to make that a good shot. And, and so that they understand that, you know, in, in that situation, you know, that's something that, you know, not only can you shoot it, we want you to shoot it. You know, the similar situations we're trying to, Make sure Chauncey knows, you know, he, he doesn't have to turn everything into a, you know, a foray to the rim. You know, if he catches it with his feet set and he, he's got, you know, some time and space, we want him to shoot the three. Vashon's another one like that, that, you know, we want our guys to be shot ready. And, you know, we've talked about, right, a, a number of times, you know, the volume, increasing the volume of the three-point shots. All right. So I know it's early in the season, but um, balancing – personalities is a big part of your job and your whole coaching staff's job. Uh, how is that going this season? And where do you, what part of the season do you finally feel comfortable with all the personalities on the team and how to deal with them? Every team is different and we're coming along and, you know, there's still things, you know, so when you think about it, certainly anybody that, that comes from high school to college, right. They were the star in their high school team. They're used to playing all the time. And, they probably don't get subbed out unless they're either tired, really tired, right? Or they've got fouls. That's not the case. And so, you know, playing in a rotation is different. And, and again, you know, competitive people, they want to play all the time. And it's not going to happen, you know. And, you know, the shine sometimes, you know, is like, how come you took me out? And well, okay, it, it might be fatigue, it, it, it might be, you know, a correction, but it might be it's just time for Emo to get a chance and to, to go into the game, you know. Other than Chauncey, I don't see, I'm not sure I see anybody on, on, on a regular basis playing 30-plus minutes. That's an advantage we have as a team, you know, and if, you know, one game, Vashon plays 25 and, and, and Emo plays 15, then fine. You know, against Arkansas, Dev came into the game. We were looking for him to give us a, a, a spark, and he came in and he played great and he got it going a little bit. So he was Dev was actually the guy that took a bunch of Emo's minutes in, in that particular game. You know, 
but it's and Dev and I have had the conversation a couple of times. You know, for him, the his role in the team, he plays behind our best player, right? There, there's there's not much debate about whether Chauncey is our best player or not. He is, and Dev is the guy behind him. So, you know, there, there's only so many minutes that that are going to be there for Dev behind him. Now, if he can come in and and you know in a, a, a reserve role and you know have a hot hand like he did against Arkansas, then what we did is we moved. Right, we moved Chauncey over to the point guard spot. You know, playing Dev and Emo together, you know, Dev and Vashon together, that that's not a very big backcourt. You know, but if if you've got Dev and, and Chauncey, you know, Chauncey's a bigger point guard and, and Dev is just a lightning fast two guard, but he is smaller. So, you know, learning all of those things and, and, and learning that, you know, there that there is a rotation and there's you know, there's gonna be Times when you play and times when you don't. Sometimes it may, you know, that that may be dictated by how you're playing. It might be dictated by how someone else is is playing. But you know, with without a doubt, I think you know we have uh, more depth, particularly on the you know in the backcourt this year, and you know different combinations, and you know depending on what happens on any given night, you know you'll see different guys out there playing more minutes or some less. Okay, coach. So I was listening to you on Scott Jackson and y'all talked about Thanksgiving a little bit. I know you're having a bunch of the guys over there, the ones that aren't able to travel home. What I want to know is if Mike and I were coming over for Thanksgiving, what's the one item that's going to be there? We have to, if we can only choose one, which one are you telling us that we should eat? See, everybody's always asking about that, but I think the you know the from the food the cuisine standpoint it's the mixture of everything right it, it, that that makes the Thanksgiving the traditional Thanksgiving dinner so good you know you got some mashed potatoes and gravy and green casserole or you know a, a sweet potato casserole or you know obviously the dressing and by the way right it's not stuffing if it's not in the turkey right I mean it's very literal. It's dressing, right? If it's in the turkey, it's stuffing, right? I want to make sure. You you got to make some. You got to make some good gravy. Right? You know, it, it doesn't work with without the gravy. You know, it's always worked well for me because I love dark meat, right? And most people, you know, are the other way. If you were going to you know poll, I think more people would you know go for the white meat, the turkey breast. But, you know, I'm dark and that, that's good. You know, that, that works out well. But, you know, so that, that's my theory on, on that. You know, you've definitely got to have, you know, and, you know, make sure that everybody that, that comes, well, you know, all the guys tomorrow when they leave, they'll be loaded down with to-go containers, you know, and you've got to have, you know, I, I guess white bread isn't healthy, but, you know, whatever kind of bread for the turkey sandwiches, you know, a little mayo, a little, you know, sandwich bread, something, you know, in, in the turkey. That's, you got it, you know, at least for a day or two after Thanksgiving. Yeah, the leftovers are maybe my favorite part of Thanksgiving. Can't wait to see you guys tomorrow afternoon at 4 o'clock at Chartway. And again, on Sunday at 2 o'clock against Drexel. Looking real forward to watching this team play this week. And hope Ty continues to improve from last night. 
Thanks so much and happy Thanksgiving, Coach. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Happy Thanksgiving to all the listeners out there. And if, if people are so inclined, if, you know, the, like, like you said, Mike, if they can say a prayer for Ty, you know, hopefully we'll get him back basketball wise. But that's a kind of a secondary concern. It, it was a scare. He's doing great. He's back in the dorm. But, you know, we just want to make sure that he's, you know, he's healthy and he's all squared away. 100%. All right. Thanks again, Coach. Go Monarchs. Go Monarchs. Hey, Monarch Nation. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with Jason Wade. Stay tuned. Welcome back, Monarch Nation. We're thrilled to have one of our favorite Monarchs back on the show. We're joined by number one in your program and number one in your hearts, Jason Wade. Welcome to the show, Jason. Appreciate it. That was a good intro. I like that. But how you guys doing? Glad to be here. Chop it up a little bit with you guys. Man, we're so happy to have you on. Yeah, absolutely. We're stoked to talk with you today. Uh, We've talked with Coach Jones a lot about the 4-1 offense and the transition to it uh, this season. We'd love to hear your thoughts on how it's coming along and how you feel in it. I think the transition was a good transition. It's not as smooth as it probably needs to be going forward but I think since we've transferred to the 1-4 offense it's gotten better and better each time we went out and practiced so that's the goal just trying to get better and better at what we're doing and trying to perfect the craft but with the group of guys we got and the amount of athleticism we have I think this fits our team a lot better than any other set possible so just a matter of getting comfortable with it. All right so last season when we talked with you Jason we talked a lot about your perseverance and you know, overcoming you know, lots of stuff to get back on the court. And it was right at the beginning of the season, so you hadn't had you know much of being back. You'd worked through practice and gone through summer stuff. Folks who've been able to be out the games, when they take a look at you, it's kind of they can see you know, night and day. So what did you learn last year throughout the season after coming back, but even more so this summer after playing for a whole season, what reflection do you have like moving forward? Is What did you learn about your game and how are you different this year? I mean, as far as being different this year, I mean, the physical physique of my body uh, has changed a lot. I think I lost close to around like 65 pounds since the beginning of last season. So with, that was just consistency, you know, just dieting well and working out and, you know, staying in the gym. As far as what I learned about my game, you know, the athleticism isn't hasn't come back as much as I thought it was, but I'm still happy for what I got, and I'm just trying to work with what I got and try to make the best of my situation. So we, we've already seen it this year. We saw it a lot last year, but you're playing guard, and sometimes you're asked to play in the paint at, like, the five position. How do, how do you feel about having to go into the paint and battle against those, those giants down there? I mean, I don't feel any type of way. I know you definitely have to be in a kind of a different mental space leading up to it. You know, I feel like going into the game, knowing that you're going to be down in the paint a lot, you got to know that you're going to bang, you're going to be banging around, you know, down there with the big guys. And uh, you just got to have that mental toughness as far as well as that um, physical toughness. So just knowing that you're going to have some uh, aches and pains after the game, but also knowing that you're, helping your team out in any way that you can, you know, whether that is your position or not, just being out there is a blessing. So 
I would say the biggest part is the mental piece, just knowing like you got to think bigger than what you are and play bigger than what you are. So, Speaking of aches and pains, uh, I know we're on video, so we can see we're talking with you right now, but uh, looks like you got a, a little injury there over your left eyebrow. Um, yeah. What's going on there? Yeah, I'll go ahead and get closer so y'all can see it. Oh, we may have to do a video cut on this. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it, it looks a lot better today. Yeah, yesterday in practice, me and Fashan, we bumped heads. And I think I got the worst end of it. You know, I, it cut me pretty good. My face was bleeding pretty good. But I did end up with the basketball, so I feel like it was a win on my part. So and he was good. He wasn't hurt either. So it was it was a win. All right. So I'm going to skip ahead here and ask you for an update on Aries. Because obviously I love dogs, and I want to hear about Aries. So give us Yeah. Yeah, you know, Aries, that's my guy. I'm actually – we. he's at the apartment – uh, me and my girlfriend, we just broke up not too long ago. So we're going, we're splitting him back and forth. So he's currently not with me right now. But, uh, you know, that's my guy. I love him. I love waking up to his energy. He just gives me like a a boost of energy just seeing him in the morning, like waking up and he's right next to you, smiling at you, just waiting for him to take you out. So that's definitely my guy. Um, much love for him. He got love for me. So anything I can do for him, I will. And I'm glad y'all brought him up because I, I do remember last year he was all over the place in the camera. So, um, yeah, well, that's definitely my guy. Hey, so Coach Jones, we've talked with him about it. He talked on the radio the other day on Scott Jackson's show about finishing through contact. So right. this series, last series on the road, you guys didn't get to the line as much as you would have wanted to despite getting to the rim. But one of the discussions was just – not finishing through contact, kind of avoiding the contact and getting the shots up. He said, hey, sometimes you just got to finish through contact. Your shot might get blocked, but that's what you got to do and, and that you guys are working on it. Can you talk to us a little bit about finishing through contact and you know how you guys are working on that? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the biggest thing with this group of guys, like I'm, group of guys, like I mentioned earlier, we're a very athletic group. So when guys are driving to the cup, they're trying to make an acrobatic play and just trying to put too much on it that doesn't need to be there, I feel like it's the biggest thing. So I think just simplifying your move when you're going to the cup and just taking it strong and hard, and whether it does get blocked or not, I just feel like you just got to simplify the movement of when you're going to the basket. So I think that's the biggest thing. And we've been in the gym a lot, getting hit with the pads, trying to finish through contact, finish through different, taking off different feet, f foot. Dang, I'm all over the place. Trying to use both feet, whether it's a one-foot jumping, two-foot jumping. You get what I'm trying to say. But, yeah. So just practicing, finishing through contacts, using the mat, just simplifying the movements, and just going strong. So last weekend, we had a couple former Monarchs in the building for practice. Ben Stanley and Frank Cassell, two guys that know how to finish through contact and play some tough defense. What's it like to have those guys back in the building and getting to play, play against them to test your game? It's great. You know, whenever we can get alumni in the building, I think that's a special thing that people, one, are comfortable enough to come back and, you know, realize that this is their home, too. And two, for the coaching staff to allow that, you know, I think that's a special thing. I don't know if many other programs have that, but I think that's very cool. And then just the type of people that Frank and Ben are, like they're so inspirational and so encouraging. So it's just 
it's a good energy when they're in the building. They're great matchups. You know, Ben, a very good low post scorer and can shoot the ball as well. We're not going to play too many people this year that are stronger than him down, down in the paint. So I think that gives our guys good looks to really get a feel of how physical you have to be down in the paint. And the same goes with Frank. You know, Frank has been there, done that. He's a vet. He knows all the little tricks in the book. So just trying to pass his knowledge on down to the younger guys is just a great thing. And then, you know, and we've been talking about it all through the locker room since Frank left. Like, Frank is strong as I don't know what. Like, that's a different type of strong right there. So just going through that, playing against that, I think it's helping the guys and it's making their game stronger. Yeah, Frank earned that call sign. You know, Frank the Tank for a reason. Yeah, for sure. It was interesting to watch him over the years when he played and how he transformed his body. Frank didn't look like he did does now when he came in, and then each year, kind of how he not only transformed physically but transformed his actual game. And I know one thing that Mike and I were talking about, and we see it with you, is like, and we saw in practice on Saturdays. Frank might not be in the best position to get a ball, but somehow he comes up with the loose ball. Good hands, right. kind of knows where he can kind of project where it's going. And then he's got that motor that like just doesn't quit. You don't necessarily may not be as athletic as someone else, but it's almost like you're one step ahead to, you know, to compromise for that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So got a big game on Wednesday. That's actually that's tomorrow, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, against Princeton, we've talked to the coaches. We've heard that they're a tremendously, you know, tremendously good squad. You know, we're not going to ask you to give any trade secrets away on, you know, how you guys are going to try to beat them. But what are you looking most forward to in playing Princeton? Uh, most forward to, I would say, just one, just another opportunity to uh, step on the court in front of our fans at home. As far as Princeton themselves, they're a really well-coached team. And I think when you play teams like that, we, as Monarchs, we have to be all on the same page. You know, we have to talk. We have to know what we're doing defensively. So I think this is going to test um, our defensive uh, mindset a lot this game. Um, and I think we need that, you know. It's early in the season, so the as many hard games as we can get in now, that's going to benefit us down the road. So I'm excited to play Princeton. Uh, they're a really good team. I've heard a lot of good things about them. But um, I'm, I'm interested to see how we're going to match up with them. You know, they got a good pace. They play with good pace. They got a lot of shooters. They play They're really tough. So I think it's, I think it's going to be a good game. So speaking of uh, teams, last week you had a road trip where you played Ball State and Arkansas, two teams that play very different styles of basketball. Ball State right. likes to play tough in the paint and guard tough. And Arkansas wanted to run, but right. they weren't too keen on defense from what the coaches said. I'd love to hear what your thoughts were on last week and how the team is feeling after, obviously, a great uh, performance against Arkansas that you guys fell short in. But are you guys feeling more optimistic and know that this is working? Or I would say yes. I think everybody left last week with a – positive mindset of course it's not good to lose but I think if you do lose you have to learn lessons in losing so I think that was the biggest thing with last week you know it was our first road game 
we got a lot of young dudes on the team, the first time facing adversity on the road. And, you know, we had to have people step up with the absence of other people. So I think that was a big piece as well. And I think the people that had to um, step up did a good job for the uh, circumstances that they were under. So I'm looking forward to um, where this team is heading. I think uh, it's a lot of good stuff that we showed this past week. Well, there's also a lot of things that we do have to work on as well. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to what this season has to bring. So one of the things that you guys did show was against Arkansas, explosion of three-point shooting that we haven't seen a lot and certainly not consistently over the last few years. Uh, we've noticed some great right. ball movement, but more importantly, and what Coach has talked about is, you know, driving the ball, getting to good spots, getting defenses to move and collapse, and then get getting shooters good opportunities and then knocking them down. So how were you guys feeling when those shots were going down? It just seemed like kind of momentum started to build. And, um, yeah, how, how were you guys feeling once that started to roll? You know, it's definitely a good feeling. You know, when you're hitting shots and everybody's hitting shots, it was, and it was literally like everybody was hitting shots, you know, they were falling. So that's always a good feeling because, you know, you have those games where shots don't fall. So you you definitely, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, are grateful for when shots are falling. And it, it gives you an idea of how good your team can be when you're clicking on all cylinders. But I think guys need to understand that some games shots aren't going to fall. And that's where we have to mentally lock in. We have to come up with stops on the other end and get out in transition and not just rely on outside shooting. I think Coach Jones is going to do a good job of, of reminding us to do that. But like you guys said, the shots were falling, and it's always a good feeling when shots are falling. All right, so we touched on it earlier. A lot of new guys in the building this year. What's the biggest change in not off the court from last year to this year? Off the court? Yeah, like chemistry-wise, uh, do you feel a different energy in the building? Or how are guys getting along? Uh, most definitely, I would say, um, you know, we had a bunch of older dudes last year, so I would say the um, maturity level is, is different. I'm not knocking one over the other. I just think it's different. Like, we had a lot of older guys. This year we have a lot of younger guys. So it's good. It gives guys the opportunity to grow up. You know, I came in the, my freshman year. We came in a group of young guys and just followed the um, older guys and followed their lead. So I'm hoping that. Um, these younger guys could do the same thing and hopefully translate onto the court as well. All right. So as one of the upperclassmen, you were taking on kind of a leadership role this year. What does that mean to you to be a leader and how do you prefer to lead? You know, I, it, it's changed over time. You know, I've always been one to kind of lead by example, you know, try to be the hardest plan guy on the court, whether that's running the fastest or jumping the highest or making the most shots or locking somebody up on defense. With my situation, not being able to physically like move as well as I want to or be the best the best athlete on the court, I, I have to be more verbal in my approach to try to motivate guys to do better. I think that's my biggest thing, just trying to figure out the right things to say to people and how to relate a message without, you know, necessarily putting the person down, but getting the point across in, in a positive way. So I would say that's the biggest thing. Everybody's different. Everybody takes things differently. So just 
learning the, the different teammate, my different teammates and how they um, interact to, you know, that type of stuff. So, you know, being a leader, you've obviously gone through, you know, a number of things in your career at Old Dominion. You've overcome a, you know, a couple major injuries and really fought through to get where you are. One guy that we haven't had the opportunity to see on the court, Sam Hood. You know, Sam's had some setbacks. So Mike just asked you about being in that leadership role. You know, is that an example of a thing that, you know, where you can really relate to a guy to try to help them from a player's perspective to kind of stay in the, the right frame of mind and, you know, do what you know, Jason Mitchell's having them do and those sorts of things to get back to where be? Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, it's a fine balance uh, with that too. You know, when you have an injury, you kind of want to hear other people's story, but you kind of want to write your own story and, you know, do you do it how you want to do it? So my biggest thing has just been being there for him. Uh, I think when he first did it, you know, I just sent him a text like, "Love you, bro. You'll get through this," and uh, just kind of let him come to me with questions instead of like approaching him. So I think that's the biggest thing. Just try to find an intermediate of you know applying pressure to teammates and then letting them reach out to you for for help. But that's definitely a, a big thing, you know, seeing someone get hurt and going through the mental things that it does to you and not just the physical it's tough to watch one of your teammates go through that and I just wanted to let them know that I was here for them and that's, that goes for any of my teammates you know that is going through something like that I always have their back and if they got need someone to talk to I'll always be there all right so coach has talked to us about the zone and how it needs work uh, but I'd love to hear your opinion on what defense you prefer to play man that's a good question I guess it depends on the team we're playing, I guess, would have to be my answer. I feel like it varies between the teams we play. I would say my favorite is man-to-man because that's when you really just are able to get out and run in transition run. You can create steals, and I feel like that gets the the crowd going. When you kind of sit back in the zone, you got to kind of wait for the the people you're playing to make a mistake, maybe throw a bad pass or – you know, take a bad shot. I feel like when you're a man-to-man, especially full court, like you can set the tempo and get them playing in a way that they're not used to playing and get out in transition and get some dunks. So I have to say I have to say full court man-to-man. All right, in about a month, we'll fast forward just a little bit, going to be going to Honolulu for a tournament. Have you ever been to Hawaii? And uh, what are you looking forward to with regards to that, that uh, whole experience? I feel like I wouldn't be a basketball player if I didn't say, you know, playing basketball and getting some wins. But I feel like I have to be honest, the beautiful sunsets, the beaches, it's a little bit of everything. It's a combination of everything. Like I said, I haven't been. I'm looking forward to it. In years past, we have not done a good job of playing in these invitational tournaments. So I'm making it personal that we need to go home with at least two wins this year. So. I feel like that's the goal. I think since I've been here, you know, we went to the Virgin Islands my freshman year. We won one game. Cayman Islands my sophomore year, I think we won one game. So just try to get out there on a positive positive spectrum with, with wins. I think that's the biggest goal for me. But I am looking forward to the beautiful sunsets and, and the beach. I grew up there. You're going to lo- love it. It's just the perfect weather all the time. But – I know Old Dominion fans are going to be very happy to hear that your goal is two wins minimum. With how That's a tough field, too. It's going to be – Yeah, it is. It's going to be a big challenge, and I hope you guys obviously 
kick ass, but I, all right. <laughs> I wanted to ask this question last year, and I just kept forgetting. So, obviously, you played basketball your whole life. At what age could you first dunk? I think I was 12 or 13, but I didn't get it. I didn't get an in-game dunk until my sophomore year because that's when I finally got the, the courage enough to actually try it in-game, and it was a wide-open fast break. So I was like, let me go ahead and try it. So it was my sophomore year I got my first dunk, and then in that same game I ended up getting three more. So it was just they were just rolling in that game. But I say I think I was 12 or 13 when I got my first dunk. All right, I got a quick follow-up on that. I, I want to know what was going through your mind. So when you got, was it, well, first off, tell us, was it a steal that and you just had a breakaway pass? And then once, once you knew that you, you had that, that runway there, what's going through your head? And then as the last question, what was your coach like? And what were you thinking? If I miss this dunk, what's going to happen to me? <laughs> That's, those are great questions. It was a steal. I had stole it. We were actually in a zone. I was at the top of the zone. He tried to throw it over the zone. So I stole it. I jumped the passing lane and went down. And, you know, in that moment, you're not really thinking much. You know, you just – the adrenaline takes over. You're going fast, and you're just like, man, I'm going I'm to just try to dunk it. Like, who, who, who just try? So I went up, dunked it. Everybody knew on my team knew that was my first dunk, so they were cheering. It was – and my mom, she actually got a picture of it on her Instagram. I don't know if it's still on there. I knew it was on her Instagram at some point. But uh, it was a scrimmage versus Monikin. So, yeah, that was that was a big moment. Uh, my career and then I followed with two more dunks that same game so I think I just needed that that icebreaker to get me going I mean the first one's the best it's you've, you've been dreaming of that moment like ever since you picked up a basketball absolutely all right so we asked you last year favorite court you've played on mm-hmm. wondering if that's changed at all in this last year I don't think it has yeah all right, Aaron, it's time for All the right. fun stuff. Sweet. And we don't have any of these scripted, so these are just going to be flying off the shelf if, if we come up. All so, right, let's do You know, last year you told us your favorite restaurant it. in Norfolk. What, you know, what right now, and it could be anywhere, Norfolk, Virginia Beach, wherever, if you're going out with a couple of your buddies on the squad, where's your favorite place to go to get something? For me, it's Sushi King right now. I, I've found that I love sushi. And I've been trying to get my teammates to come with me. Uh, I got Emo to come with me a couple times. I've gotten RJ to come with me this year. So those are the two. I got Faison last year to come with me. But I'd say right now it's definitely Sushi King. Great college restaurant because that all-you-can-eat deal is pretty hard to beat. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. So – Obviously, music and basketball kind of go to hand in hand together. I want to know what is your favorite thing to listen to pregame? And then if you're trusting anyone with the ox on the team, who is it? For me, before I play, I like to listen to like a more low-key vibe music to try to like settle my emotions and my adrenaline. So... I've always liked listening to like more Chris Brown or even like old school R and B. But on Aux, I think Mo is probably the most trusted guy with the Aux. 
we don't really let the younger dudes get on Augs much because nobody want to listen to that new crap. So we let Mo. Mo is normally the, who's the guy on Augs, and I think he does a pretty good job. I think he diverses the music and. He loves Future, so we know a couple Future songs are coming, but I think he does a good job of getting everybody's um, favorite artists in. Mike and I hear that the playlist for The Weight Room is quite the thing. What's your what's your favorite tune that's on that playlist? I'd have to say... I think Gunna, he's had a good year as far as the music industry. So I would say anything with Off Gunner's last album, probably back at it. I would say that's my favorite one. All right. I think we're close to wrapping up. All right. Since we're on the music thing, we'll just we'll close with your favorite artist at the moment. Is it Gunna or? It's, probably, it's a tie between Gunna and Lil Baby. I was a big Travis Scott fan. He dropped Astroworld a couple years ago. I really like that album, but his last album, Utopia, I wasn't a big fan of it. So Trav kind of dropped down a little bit for me. So it's either Lil Baby or Travis. I mean, Lil Baby or Gunner right now. I get it. I, I feel the same exact way about Astro World. Yeah. And I, I always have to talk to Mike to try to stay up on you know pop culture and what's going on because my playlist is more like the like the Ricky Ronnie playlist. You know, grunge music, Seattle from the 90s. So it's always good to come on these right, and hear right. these things. And, and believe it or not, I go on and I check out all these artists after the podcast. And, you know, sometimes I put them in my mix because I'm like, hey, this is good. I would have never known about it. Did you did you get one that you liked in particular? That would require me actually really remembering it. But the next time we talk, I'll let you know. But I'm going to. Is now I'm really going to show my age. Is Gunna G U N A? How do you spell it? Because I'm going to look that up. All right. All yes. Right. Yes, sir. Just right. how you spell it. That's tonight's. I'm really interested to see Aaron listen to Gunna. It's going to be. Pretty I, I'm going to rock it at the tailgate <laughs> this weekend. All right, we're going to just have to throw it in there. Uh, Gary might yeah. be a little surprised, you but most... you know, I'm I'm going to listen to it tonight. My son, he's 15. He's probably going to look at me like, "What are you doing, Dad?" But I'm game. <laughs> you going to have a most. Lit- you gonna have the most lit tent at the tailgate. Everybody can't wait. be over there. So, just like can't wait, we can't wait to see you guys play on Wednesday, which is tomorrow. Hopefully, you guys are listening to this podcast tomorrow. Jason, do you have a message for Monarch Nation that you want to put out? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, Monarch Nation, we love y'all. You know, led in attendance in both conferences since I've been here. That's not easy to do. We appreciate y'all from the bottom of my heart, staying behind me and my story. And just bringing the energy every game we're in Chartway Arena. So love y'all and keep supporting us. And we'll try to win as many games as we can this year. We'll be there. We can't wait to watch you guys play tomorrow and on Sunday. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us today. And best of luck this season, Jason. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays, everybody. Much love. All right. Go Monarchs. Go Monarchs. Go Monarchs. Before we let you go, Monarchs, just one more thing from Coach Jones. He's asked us to let you know about their current auction benefiting Coaches versus Cancer. You can find details on the Old Dominion Men's Basketball Twitter account. The auction is for four tickets behind the bench to an upcoming basketball game. With that, you also get to attend game day shoot-around, a behind-the-scenes tour, and an autographed basketball. And he said there might be some hidden gifts in there. So... 
Take a look again on Ultimate Men's Basketball's Twitter account, and that's it. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all.